This is Hold Up AFK with Perdana and Kenny. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode. What episode is this, Kenny? 19. 19. All right. And um, thank you to everybody that um, messaged us for the $5. (laughs) So (laughs) we got a couple people, you know, so at least we know. We have listeners out there that have, yeah, that are listening. Even though they're just our friends, we know that, you know, friends and family are actually listening all the way through. Yeah, I was embedded towards the end too. What if they just skip to the end? Like, oh, that was great. That was great. That's great. No, I mean, that was like not at the very, very end, but, (laughs) you know, it just gets us hyped, you know. Thanks to everybody for the feedback too. And and just just to let everybody know that, it's going to be a raffle, okay? So I know I think some people just thought like, oh, you know, message them and I'll get five bucks. No. So we're well, going to do we this until... We didn't say that clearly, though, I think. I think Uh-oh. everyone gets five bucks now. Everyone. <laughs> okay. I'm going to make it clear now. <laughs> so episode 25, you know, we're going we're gonna to do a raffle on the episode and we're going to collect all the names and we're gonna say, or or the handles, you know, it, you don't you don't have to tell us your name. You could just message us, and then mm-hmm. we'll message you back if you win. So if you message us on Instagram, we'll message you back there with a code, or if you emailed us, or if you tweeted us, you know, whatever it is, um, we just kind of want to hear back from you guys and get some feedback. I know some of you guys didn't give us some feedback; you just submitted your names, but that's cool. You know that, that the feedback from that is that you guys listen. So. So yeah, that's uh, that's that with the five dollars. You know, I hope, you know, I hope you guys win. And we have a couple people, and uh, I think we're gonna do an Amazon gift card. I think that's the easiest, right? I mean, Amazon. You yeah, know, Amazon. They have very shady business practices, and they don't let their basically pickers in their warehouses get uh, restroom breaks. So I don't know if we should support that, Perdana. Oh my gosh! All right, guys. So I guess we'll do. Uh, I don't $5 know what else. cash come down to the hold up <laughs> AFK studios. <laughs> yeah, we're all the way over in the uh, Road on the way to Vegas. You guys probably seen that. <laughs> we're gonna be there at Area Fifty One, everyone. Oh, the rain, doesn't tomorrow. the rain start soon? Tomorrow. <laughs> it's tomorrow. Did you did you hear that two people got arrested, arrested already? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Heard about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll be there, guys. I think, or okay. Kenny will be there. We're well, important person. I'm flying back on my spaceship. <laughs> so what's cracking, dude? Anything new for you this uh, this week? What has Last happened? week? Uh, it's been a relatively quiet week for pop culture news. Nothing, nothing major. Nothing but How about in your world? Anything new other than uh, um, didn't you reserve something for Hot Toys? Yeah, recently? The Scarlet Spider. The Scarlet Spider PS4 Hot Toys. Did we? Do we? Did, we, did you already mention that? Did I mention I that? I think I, I did mention know. that. No, I did mention that. But you did. But you did also. I think it was oh, something else. Oh, the there Iron was Man something helmet. else. No, Wasn't I didn't it? get that yet. I did not get that yet. But I will get that. I will get that. But what I did get was so. There's something about these toy companies, man. So they made a Gogeta SH figure arts figure, which is amazing based off the, the Broly, the Dragon Ball Broly movie. Oh yeah. 
And the problem with that figure, well, at least for me, well, in the movie, he had three forms. So he had regular base Gogeta, just the black hair, Super Saiyan, where his hair turns yellow. Yeah. And then he, and then he powers up again to Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, or as we is, call it, Super Saiyan Blue. That, oh, okay, the blue one. Wait, he goes from hair. base to blue? Yeah. No, no, it went to blonde, like yellow, Super Saiyan to blue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking about Broly for some reason. This is Gogeta. Okay. Yeah, it's Gogeta. Gogeta. Okay, so or, black or people. to yellow to blue. Yeah. Okay. So he went from African American to Asian American. Great. To, right. to Smurf. <laughs> he went to a Smurf. Dude, this is a cancel culture. Be careful, bro. I know. Gotta, gotta be pull careful. This up. But I, said, uh, I, I use the right terms. You know? <laughs> okay, so to you about <laughs> what you bought. So you bought. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so I'm going for movie accuracy because that's the type of collector I am. I want it to yeah. be show accurate or movie accurate, just to be just be consistent. And so the thing with Bandai didn't do when they packaged the figure, they only gave us a base form, so the black hair, and they gave us the blue, the Super Saiyan blue, so only blue hair. So I was missing oh my that. God. I was missing it, dude. Because like, when Gogeta, Gogeta first appeared in Super, uh, was it Dragon Ball yeah. Fusion Reborn? He had different Wait, colors. Which one was that one? that one was one with Janemba. Do you remember the one where they were both in like uh, the afterlife? Gogeta, I mean Goku and Vegeta. Recent? No, that was old. It's the like old back one. In the okay, 90s. I didn't. I didn't watch that one. Janemba is that one of yeah. the characters in DBZ Fighters that's been released? Yeah, he's, or he's, he's one released? of the new ones. He was one of the oh, new ones. Oh, okay. He's like purple and and red. He has yeah. like horns. He has a sword. Okay. That's when Gogeta turned yellow. Yeah. That's when he was oh. first introduced. He was he was always Super Saiyan from the very get-go. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And then that's the one. So you you bought the so I bought, head, right? The, yes. I bought head. I bought head, everyone. <laughs> $20 from the alley. <laughs> It's a good head. From a blonde, anyway. uh, from blondie. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> from Blondie, go ahead. From Blondie. Call her Gogeta. <laughs> so the th- what I bought was a, it's a third-party figure, so it's not official. And the way these companies get away with it, it, it looks just like the figure itself. But the way they get away with doing this kind of stuff yeah. is they don't explicitly say that it's Dragon Ball anywhere on the packaging, and they don't call it the figure's name. That's how they get away with it. So and then what do they call it? They call it, so the brand is called Demoniacal Fit, and the name of the product is called uh, Gujita, like G-U-G-E-T-A. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this isn't like an off-brand that you see in the kiosk at 99 Ranch, right? Where no, like, not not that off ramp. So these are these are more so these companies, see third party companies, they're really more fans. They're like fans uh, for fans by fans. And there's a business for it. Let's just say you've always wanted this one figure off this one character, obscure character that no company would touch because it's such an obscure yeah. uh, character or whatever, but it just happens to be your favorite character. And you know what? You want you want so badly a a character or just figure form of that character and so you make your own and turns out oh hey there's other people that want this too and guess what there's a business out there you could create that business so like all those um off brand weird looking characters that you see like at 99 ranch or like the 99 cent store like avengers with like (laughs) 
Mickey Mouse the and the Blue and Hole. Superman. Are those? <laughs> yeah. Is that legit or is that? So just those, like those are definitely defects uh, from the factory. No, they're not defects. They're more like someone took the molds from factories and they just made their own. They're just calling it whatever, so just to make a quick buck. Oh, it's okay. Cheap. Yeah, it's so, cheap. but this one isn't like that, right? It, it's like a legit looking Gogeta yeah. with yellow hair. Yeah, it's legit. It's oh, legit. okay. Hey, by the way, when you mentioned uh, African American, yes, <laughs> and 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 uh, Asian, did you see the whole controversy with that one comedian? Oh yes, Shane, Shane Gillis. Is that his name? Shane yeah. Gillis. Is that his name? Yeah, Shane. I don't know, but I think we've talked on the podcast a lot about like Dave Chappelle and comedians, like comedians just doing their thing on stage, right? So now, right. If you've been living under a rock, or I don't know, actually, I don't know if this is more like for Asian community because I don't know if this is like a big deal to a lot of people, or I don't even well, know. If that's know why. About it. Well, that's why I'm I'm kind of a little annoyed about it because okay. For those of you that don't know, he's a comedian. So he's he, he worked on SNL. Yeah. Okay. So SNL had just announced basically their first Asian cast member, I think, since writer. forever. He's a writer. Oh, was a writer? They, they hired three writers, which is them, I think. Okay. Well, anyway, he's uh, one of the first Asian people, if not the first. I'm not sure yeah. to join SNL. He's the first Asian-American to join the SNL, yeah. Yep. Okay, so what happened was, he's so so now the people are like, all right, this is great. Uh, we're, we got more diversity, yeah. inclusion on the show, and so it comes out a a few day, a few weeks or days later that this a few podcast, days. yeah. Well, that a podcast. So that this guy, what's his name? Is it Shane, Shane. Gillis? Is yeah, Shane, Shane something. Yeah. I forgot his name is Shane something. He was one of the guys that were that was recruited. One of the three. He's not the Asian guy. Cause I got no. confused too when they were like talking about it. They're like, oh, these new cast members, new. Uh, I mean, the first Asian guy and then a racist dude. I'm like, what? I thought it was the Asian guy that was having all the controversy, but it was the other dude, Shane. Yeah, it's Shane Gillis. It's Shane yeah. Gillis. I guess he has his own podcast. So where he, he kind of vents, right, or something. Yeah, he vented, but the way what he what he said was just really, really offensive to yeah. to Chinese people in particular. Yeah. And it wasn't a joke. It was just like you could tell when you like, you know, someone's making a joke. Yeah. But this was not a joke, the way he said it. Yeah. It's one of those things where um what'd you say? It was one it's one of those things where you kind of uh those locker room conversations where you have an opinion about something you say it to your friend and if your friend is wise enough they'll correct them you know so yeah. in this in this context he's talking about like asian food and why do asian people live in like chinatown why is there a chinatown everywhere and he's talking like that but with um more flavorful wording <laughs> i would say and, you know, that just comes from, like, ignorance, you know, and they're talking about, like, oh, you know, they invented, like, the most um, deceitful thing, which is MSG and all this stuff. And, like, you know, um, if this is, like, something I would hear with, like, my friends or something in my, like, house where, while we're playing games, I'll just be like, dude, you know, that's effed up, you know, that's not how, or, or like, I wouldn't even go to that far, I'd just be like, dude, you're racist, like, this is what it is, and just tell them how it is, you know? Yeah. And I think it's 
one of those conversations because it wasn't I didn't feel like there was malice in his tone. It was more like you're a fucking dumbass, you know, <laughs> and then you're a fucking dumbass for having it on a podcast that's going to be exactly accessible to people, you know. So I'm just like, you know, I don't know. For me, as like an Asian-American, I've heard plenty of things. And I don't know, maybe, you know, it's it is our time to say something about it or I don't know what I mean. How do I feel about it? How do you feel about it? I would feel it's kind of if let's just say he wasn't talking about Chinese people. If he said the, you know, the N word, if he was talking about those, you know, a different yeah. group of people, we everyone would not we wouldn't be having this conversation. That's true. Yeah, if he said the N word, and then why does um, you know, let him let those N words stay in Compton instead of let those, you know, are we allowed C to- words? Yeah, <laughs> even it feels weird for me to say as an Asian, you know, <laughs> let let those C words stay at Chinatown, you know, like I guess you know, um, but that's the, what's interesting too is like I, I feel like um, a lot of the um black community didn't weigh in either because they're like i feel like they're sitting back this like see now you guys know how it feels you know which is like i don't know to me i feel like um sometimes uh no i mean you know i don't know you know this is like a weird thing to tread yeah. asian american too for me it's just like um i don't know i don't know it's just uh i'm glad is a con- for it but race right. you know it's a complicated subject yeah it's not easy it's a subject you know uh so yeah that's that's what happened last week that's what happened (laughs) and then uh in other news um i'm all i also started um buying those x-men legend legends figures it's like a buddy of mine got into it and we were talking about it and then he was like i bought some i'm like fuck you know so i bought the marvel legends yeah i bought the colossus X-Men. Dude, you, I told you, man. It's like, all right, you buy one. It's you just open the floodgates. But you know what's the interesting thing is like, um, now like in the '90s, I used to buy X-Men toys, but it didn't come with like posable hands and like different heads, you know. And it ah, just so... accessories. Now they come with like cool posable hands and the boxes look more collector like you know I yeah think. that's hasbro's doing before it was toy biz yeah uh, toy biz was responsible for the production of all most of the marvel toys that you get and it's also technologies improved over time manufacturing technology so like so have you seen some of the look to look fancier probably right? yeah but have you seen some of the head sculpts that they've been putting out they look really good yeah like, now they look some... good because i was looking yeah. at videos of like the past ones and it looked pretty. Um, there was an attempt. <laughs> now it's a lot better, though. There's now it's a lot better, and that's the thing that's crazy. It's like, like, I think they come out at twenty bucks retail, and mm-hmm. then they'll go on discount for fifteen if it's not a popular character. But then, after a couple months or like a year after, um, if it got popular, if they got their own movies, those could go up for like a hundred bucks, dude. Easily, like, easily, easily. Yeah, and that's only a ye- in in like a year. That's like a good yeah. return on investment right there. <laughs> yeah, like buy right, everyone here. buy Marvel Legends now. <laughs> buy Marvel Legends. It's on an uptrend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I got that. And then uh, what else is going on? Uh, not much for me. And then I, oh, I got the Call of Duty. I was just playing it earlier. That's what wait, I was going to actually. Wait, the game like, came out already? No, no, no. It's the um, beta, but they're testing their cross-platform uh, technology. And yeah. like right when you play, it'll show all the players in the game. And they'll, say, they'll have an icon, PlayStation, Xbox, or PC. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then I thought I was going to dominate everybody, but I was second to last, even though I was like on PC. <laughs> But I think PS4 players can play it for free um, okay. from now till the 22nd. So, yeah, check those check, check those games out if you guys uh, like Call of Duty. Dude, I love Call of Duty, man. Dude, Modern Warfare was my jam. Dude, I love Call of Duty. I like, I think Modern Warfare 1, yeah. Is that the first time they used killstreaks, right? Yeah. 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 That was a shit. And then... For me, the only reason why it died down for me was because they just released it too fast, dude. They release new ones every time you blink. Yeah, one a year. It only has one a year. Has it always been one a year? Yeah, it's been one a year ever since Call of Duty 4, I think. They need to spread that out because like, by the time I caught catch on to one of the games and start to play it, the new one's coming out. I'm like, oh my God. you know, that's, that's God, Get with the times, man. Get with the times. Oh my God! It's because the Activisions are they're greedy. They're ruining Blizzard. What else? What else, are, what else are people saying about them? Uh, they're greedy. They're putting loot boxes. I guarantee you right now. So there's. It looks like it's loot box free, microtransaction free. Watch them stuff it down your throats right after it comes on. Right after it launches, it's gonna happen. Sure, it's gonna happen, dude. Like even the login screen when you start playing, it has all these, like. Click here to buy this, and then play this to unlock this skin. You know, and dude, that's that's the that's the future. That's the future business model of gaming. I feel like is like microtransaction. No, I disagree. I disagree. I feel. <laughs> I no. I mean, people definitely want to find ways to keep monetizing their games because they want to turn into a service, like a live service with continuous updates. So you buy a game once, and you're basically paying more to have these developers and publishers service you but i feel like it's i feel like another model that's that's really interesting right now is the apple arcade model with uh with the subscription service yeah yeah, that with like ea and uh playstation right yeah yeah and because like a lot of people are just tired of this shit like i just want to pay once and not have to think about it because whether or not you have the money or not, I just want a full experience. And I feel like if I can just pay X amount of money, I don't want to keep up with this bullshit. It's like like you and me, we don't have time to put like you sure you can get a lot of things for free uh, without through but you had to grind for that. And yeah. working people don't have that time. Yeah. And that's why I rather and that's where the microtransactions come in. I pay to get an XP boost or I pay to get a weapon, but then you know, if you start investing in a game and you get invested and spend a lot of time on it then you don't realize and you're paying like 200 bucks on a game that's that's what happens to me a lot when i play like (laughs) mobile games or shit you know how toys with that money man oh my god no i wasted so much on marvel heroes and marvel was it war of the realms i think war of the realms yeah so yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, this one looks cool. I I really like. I was I was more of a Battlefield Five or Battlefield guy, but mm-hmm. I wanted to play a modern game. And and this one this one's actually this one feels a lot like a Battlefield game, which is weird. Like a close yeah, that's what I was gonna say that because they're copying little. They're, it's slower down. Like the pace is slow, slower, it's it's faster. Nice. I feel really. 
Yeah, it's a lot faster. But but you're, you're coming you're, from Battlefield, huh? You're coming from Battlefield, uh, so it feels faster. Okay, yeah, yeah. But because they added um a a, a mount feature, so you could go on the side of the wall and yeah mount the wall and like peek to the side. So they added that feature, which makes the gameplay a little bit more slower because it incentivizes people to like peek around corners instead of just like it's more tactical. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I don't know. And the, the cool thing is, like, for me, um, since it's cross-play, I might buy it on PS4 as well. So then my wife could play and or anybody else that comes over. I'll play on PC, and they'll play on my PS4, on my mm-hmm. PS4 account, you know? So that's pretty cool. And that's pretty cool that it seems like all the um, companies are starting to uh, do Embrace cross-play. cross-play. Yeah, yeah. All right, so so that's the that's the week. That's what we've been doing this week. So should we get into the episode? Yeah, we should. Okay, let's go. All right. So this episode, um, so we're going to be focusing a little bit more and doing more research on uh, on specific topics. And today's episode, what do you think this this episode is more about, Kenny? The business of entertainment and how not to get screwed or how to screw other people. There you go. Yeah. So what I researched, I, actually, the way I came about this was, um, so the first one we're going to talk about is uh, The Witcher. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I haven't played a bunch of Witcher games, so maybe you could tell the listeners what it's like. Uh, what it's like the, yeah. the gameplay or just the game? Just The Witcher in general. What is The Witcher? Because I think it's like it's kind of like Lord of the Rings, right? If I'm not mistaken. It's fantasy for sure, like medieval fantasy base. Uh-huh. It's based off a series of books. Most people don't know it's based off a series of books uh, from a Polish writer. I think it's a Polish writer. And yeah. it was really successful, uh, the game. You could really see how there's only three games, or four games if you count Gwent, the card game. Mm-hmm. But there's three mainline games. And they every time they've made a game, CD Projekt Red has just stepped up their game, like literally. And and then they just have a reputation now. They're like known for their good games. Yeah, uh, but is it? It's it's because um, it's not knights and kings. It's more like a mythological um setting. I would say monsters. in terms of if you're like a fantasy guy, a game, the story in the world feels like it could almost be kind of like elder scrolls kind of okay so it it's like elder scrolls in a sense where it has like dragons and monsters and like elves right so that's what i because sometimes when i look at like a fantasy game and then i play it and i'm like where's all the monsters and it's all like kings and knights like divinity you know divinity Mm -hmm. doesn't have monsters it's more like knights so this is more of that fantasy realm Mm -hmm. so the reason why I brought up Witcher was um, I read this article about, or I saw like a snippet on social media about the author um, suing CD Projekt. And I first thought like, what? This is from a book? And I yeah. kind of dig more into it. And it turns out um, it was. And the, right, and, the, and the guy that made the Witcher universe, do I have his full name here? Spakowski. I don't have his first name, but apparently Spakowski sold The Witcher to CD Projekt. 
for super cheap because he didn't believe in games. And now The Witcher's worth so much money. So it begins back in 1985, and Spakowski, he was a traveling salesman, um, he sold fur, and um, but I think he really liked um, fantasy, right? So mm-hmm. wanted to write fantasy novels for um, the Polish people, and when he went to, uh, I guess, a book fair, um, someone told him, hey, you should enter this contest to write short stories. Okay, you know, I'll try it. He wanted to write a short story, but a Polish short story was something like he wrote, um, he said, like, a cobbler, um, a shoe a shoe cobbler okay. uh, defeats a dragon. But he thought, that's stupid. You know, a normal person wouldn't kill a dragon. You know, a professional would. So he invented the Witcher. So he did that. He wrote a short story. He lost because back in the day, fantasy was for children. And when people read short stories, they they felt like, you know, that wasn't a mature genre. But people loved it. People wanted more. He's like, oh, okay, you know, even though I lost, I'll write more. He wrote okay. short stories. Um, the popular one was, what did I write here? It was uh, Blood of Elves. So that was the first one he released after um, all the short stories or fix-ups that he would say. He wrote six short stories afterwards, and then he released the book uh, Blood of Elves. And that's how the Witcher Saga happened. So fast forward. Um, This became a really popular story. A lot of people Mm -hmm. picked it up. Or a lot of people wanted to make a game out of it, which was uh, um, Adrian... I don't know how to say his last name here. Kamenyalars? Yeah. Something. <laughs> he, well, they were, they were, they made Bulletstorm and the Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Uh, okay. And uh, they actually, they got it, but then it was too ambitious. He said no. He didn't really like um, the screenshots they showed. And then CD Projekt came. Um, and his main thing was that CD Projekt came with a big bag of money. And he was like, all right, you know, whatever. Uh, just give me the money. I don't want royalties. Uh, give me. T- I think it was ten thousand dollars. And at the no time, royalties. Ninety-seven. He was like, "Yeah, dude, that's crazy." He's like, "All right, you know, whatever. Make your games. Who cares? You know, because CD Projekt was a small company at the time too. Yeah, right? they were. They were. They, I think this was their. Might have been one of their first projects ever too. Oh, really? They didn't make anything before. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But I was pretty sure it's one of their first projects. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, so he got the money from CD Projekt. CD Projekt was like, hey, do you want to work with us? Tell us how we should do this, whatever. They're like, ah, you know, fuck it. You guys just do whatever you guys do. Make the game. Make the story. You can't be better than me anyways. I got the money, whatever. And then CD Projekt took his universe and made a game. And then um, Witcher 1 came out. um, And then it started to become more popular. Um, Apparently... That was like a way for authors to um, like market their books. So I think mm-hmm. Metro 2033 um, did the same thing. Um, they turned their book into a game. Um, and then as it got popular, Spakowski got mad because no one knew him outside of Poland, you know? 
So everyone yep. thought the game was first. And then, yep. thought, oh, were you inspired to make a book because of the game? And then even if you look at the covers of the books, they're the game, like, <laughs> the renders, you know? So he was kind of just worried that, like, in 20 years, no one will know him and the book, but they'll know about the game, you know? That's his, I think, his worry. But at the end, you know, um, he he's happy that they did a good job on The Witcher. Yeah, he, he should. He should be. Do yeah, and then um, and then people were asking to, oh, is he a dick if you if you ask him to sign the game? But no, you know, if you if you ever meet him at like a book signing, he'll also sign the game if you bring it. Um, and then and then later on, I think when Witcher three became popular, and then Netflix. Um, picked up Witcher. I think he sued because he wanted at least some, which is five percent of how much CD Projekt made, which was sixteen million. Which is sixteen million is five percent of how much they made. That's pretty crazy, you know. From Netflix? No, no, no. He, um, from Witcher, th- from all the Witcher series, Witcher one, two, and three. He wanted yeah sixteen. Oh, he wanted five or ten percent. I don't know what the law is in Poland, but they said like royalty laws. Like you're you're supposed to have um. You're supposed to get like five or ten, and then supposedly there was a clause on the contract that said CD Projekt was only supposed to make one game with his universe and not two and three. But since February fifth, they have um, settled on agreement. They gave him some money. So I think he's happy now, and now it's going to be a Netflix movie with with what's his name? How's oh, it's it? a TV show. It's a TV show. Oh, TV with, show. with Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. AKA Superman. Go and that's The Witcher. So that's uh, you know that's when I when I researched this and read it, I was pretty interested. I was like, I was I was uh, I was pretty uh, uh um, what's what I'm looking for? I was surprised. Enlightened. I didn't surprise. know that it was from a book. And I didn't know this guy was a dick because apparently a lot of people said uh, he's a pretty uh, grumpy, mean person. Well, flip it around. Let's let's just say you made something beloved, and every you have fans, right? You 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 put it out there, and there's this relatively unknown company. I mean, th- I did look it up. So, with Witcher is their first project. So, an unknown, untried company comes and says, "Hey, we're gonna give you X amount of money," and uh, there's no guarantee that it'll succeed, but we're gonna get we're gonna uh, either you take royalties or we give you $10,000, right? I mean, it depends on where you are in life, right? Let's just say you're you're down the dumps. You really do need the money. You can't take that gamble on whether or not it'll succeed because if it doesn't succeed, you'll get nothing. So you either get a, it, it's like it's a, it's a common thing for writers and basically people that hold IP, yeah. rights holders. It's either, either you take the lump sum now or you gamble it on the promise that one day – that you can get royalties so it's it's really up so, so i mean is it is this um i'm trying i was trying, I'm trying to think right now what other um iterations from books are there like movies or books to movies or books again i know there's a lot of books to movies right yeah plenty like isn't jurassic park original a book first yep that's a michael Crichton novel Oh really? Yep. See, there you go, kiddos. Um, the original one back in 1999, right? 1999 was a book. That's crazy to think that. That wasn't 1999. It was earlier than that. Was it? 
Yeah, it was like 95. The movie, the movie. The movie. The movie 5 or 4. How many it was years? early, man. Jurassic Park came out pretty early. And it was so good for its time, dude. No, it's still yeah, good. It's still good. Was there CGI, actually? I don't know. Yeah, there was CGI. Oh, okay, never mind. All, some CGI, everybody. <laughs> and puppets. <Yeah. laughs> um, what else? I think well, there's a lot of manga. Right. To move. But lessons learned here, man. It's just like, okay, I, I would say if you're going to get... If you were in the situation that he was in, okay, you, you licensed out, you licensed it out. Turns out they're making a lot of money off of off your project now, right? Because yeah. there's a couple of things you got to worry now. One, the money that's like a shit ton of money, and two, this is your, I mean, this is your baby, right? They're yeah. basically taking your project, your ideas, and making capitalizing on that. Yeah, and he, it's, he's valid though, because think about it. People don't associate him at all with the project, and yeah. but this is his creation. You want, but do you even think if he doesn't, that's the thing? Do yeah. you think it's his fault for not um, understanding the the technology, understanding the medium of video games, to not accept a royalty? Because they came to him twice with a royalty proposal, and he didn't take it. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah, he came. He they came to him a second time and said, "Hey, you know, um, you sure we could give you some uh, royalties?" But he he declined it. And, cause he, okay, cause that's he on him then. To do with it, he didn't want anything to do with, with what they're gonna do. Cause he just thought that games are shitty and that he doesn't want to be associated with the game if the game flops. You know. Okay, and, that's on him. That's on him because have you seen what they've been doing with uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven? No, I haven't. Is that from so, a, from a book? No, that's based off a board game. Uh, based off a board game that was created by what's his name look up his name real quick uh by forget the name of the guy but he's been featured in all the promotional videos like they they you could tell the CD project red really cares about uh the, so Mike Pondsmith is the original creator of Cyberpunk, and uh, they featured him in every single promotional video, or most of them, when they first announced that they wanted to make sure that they get his his creation, uh, his idea, they stay true to it. So I, I think the guy, the, the creative Witcher, I think he might have been too uh, arrogant. <laughs> not, it might have been, but CD Projekt Red definitely value, values, because think about it. If a successful book, you have the writer on board, the fans are already there. There's already fans of the book, so it's not hard, not that hard to convert those fans of the books that are fans of video games to buy the game too. It's it makes perfect business sense. So you want you want the creator, the author, to endorse the project. So yeah. CD Projekt Red was trying to do that by going over to him like, hey, we're gonna give you royalties. We don't want to screw you over. The goal is not to screw you over because it's bad press and bad business but yeah that's the thing like i even wrote a little note here because like the uh the metro 2033 author he he calls the witchers oh there you go andres sapowski an old fool you know because he when he um when he joined or not joined but i guess when i don't i didn't research much about it but it seems Mm -hmm. like he was more on board when he let I think THQ is it THQ that made Metro 2033? I think so. 
Yep. Um, he was on board with that, and he's and he and he knew the success that it could become. You know, and the success of games um, with a good story behind it. You know, so a good game with good gameplay plus an amazing story from the original books and the original author itself, dude. That that's like a recipe for success. success. So, and that's the thing. That's a, and if you have an IP. Or especially, or if you're making a game, or if you have an IP, you know it's always good to um, to to understand the other side of it, to understand the technology. Obviously, CD Projekt believed in the author, and he wanted to adopt. They wanted to adopt the the, the universe into the game, and unfortunately, at the time, uh, Andre didn't understand video games and what that could be. And I mean, this, the deal could have been sweeter, but he did get something at least, you know. But I never understand those people. Like, who cares? Like, yeah, I'll hoard my creation. I want all the money, man. I'll take it. <laughs> take That's it. The, so, <laughs> the next story we have is it's something like that. It's uh, this is this is gonna be an interesting one for everybody. A good a okay. good uh, stroll down memory lane, uh, for some. This is about Marvel, and this is mm-hmm. how they hoard out their IP. Uh, and then how they uh, got it back now, you know. So um, we always talk about Marvel on this podcast and MCU in the comics. So we're gonna talk about how um, Marvel started and how they how they got their um, um, IPs out to different companies. Marvel in the late 1980s you know they were dominating uh comic books um and their competition i think was only dc right i think yes this was a silver age of comics yeah silver age else. and then um in 1992 a lot of um the artists left marvel yep. so todd mcfarlane jim lee rob leefield is it Liefeld? Leefield? i say Liefeld. Mark Silvestri, Eric Larson, Jim Valentino. Do you know a lot of these people? I know only Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, Rob Leefield. You know Jim Valentino. He's the guy that... Which one was that one? Guardians Galaxy. Okay. The guy that created Rocket Raccoon, right? I'm pretty sure he was the one. Okay. But they left. 1992, they left to form comics. In the late 1994, uh, Marvel acquired um, a distributor, Heroes World Distribution, and they wanted to use it to exclusively distribute, right? And then mm-hmm. by the middle of the decade, the industry kind of slumped. Uh, comics weren't a thing anymore. And Do you know why? What ha- you know what happened? What happened? So what happened at that time was people were starting to sell their comics like golden age comics like a shit ton of money right like wow comic books could be investment i'm putting air quotes around investment and so when uh x-men the jim lee one launched like people like with that remember that wraparound cover it was dope dude yeah yeah that was dope people were buying copies and copies of them and so it became the like the best-selling comic of all time that's still the issue x-men number one with jim lee is the highest selling comic book of all time but they printed so much of them right that's the thing because people are buying so many of them thinking that this could be worth something so people are just hoarding these comics and buying and buying and buying so sales went up like you were saying over there but it just crashed because like people weren't gonna i mean 
Yeah, bubble. The bubble just bursted. So, so. but the thing is, so then they made they pumped out comics, but people were trying to buy them to invest instead of reading them. Yeah, and then people caught on like this is stupid. Okay. So then by December 1996, that's when Marvel filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And I think at that time, so I don't know what movies came out, but DC had a lot of uh, the Batman movies, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman and Robin, uh, Batman. For- was it Batman Forever? Is that what it was called? Yeah, it was just Batman. It goes Batman Returns, oh, okay. Batman Forever. Batman and Robin. <laughs> and so DC was was uh, you know they were kept alive, but Marvel they didn't have a studio, so instead they decided to sell their IPs. So this is what we were dealing with um, a couple of years ago when Marvel couldn't make X Men movies and couldn't make Spider Man movies because of this moment. So. Um, the Con- Constantine films, they got Fantastic Four, and they released a shitty Fantastic Four. Well, no, that was never released, so they had to make a movie. Yeah, they had yeah, to. They had to keep ma- the rights. <laughs> yeah, they had the rights, but so, but in order to keep the rights, they had to make a movie. Yeah. Have you seen pictures of or video of that? I've seen videos, and it was so shitty. <laughs> 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 New Line Cinema had Blade and Iron Man, but I, they didn't do anything with Iron Man. They made the Blade movies with Wesley Snipes. I'm surprised they didn't. I don't know why they didn't do anything with Iron Man because Blade was a success. Well, I think the budget and like maybe the writing, because at the time, if I remember correctly, um, Wesley Snipes wanted New Line Cinema to do something with Black Panther um, okay. to see if they could do something. Um, um more what's the word i'm looking for more like at the time like what is it where it was more like a civil rights thing where it's like black panther and like pretty much they were ahead of their time what what's going on now with the social social just social media and yeah. like stuff like he wanted to make black panther like a black power movie you know so at uh, the time they thought like oh you know that's not gonna work we'll just yeah doing blade movies um so that's who New Line Cinema had. The 20th Century Fox, obviously everyone uh, knew they had X-Men, Daredevil, Elektra, and Nick Fury. <laughs> Nick, Fury. With Nick Fury. So they did everything with X-Men. They had uh, how many movies? Probably like six X-Men movies. Uh, Daredevil, yeah, Elektra. Yeah. And then uh, Artisan Entertainment. I don't know who they are. They had Black Panther as well. The Punisher and Captain America. Oh, that reminds me. Do you see that first Captain America movie? I think they did. This company did make that Captain America movie. No, I didn't. Oh, you don't you remember this one? No. Oh, <laughs> Was it pretty watch. funny or what? I mean, f- unintentionally funny. Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> okay, this so, must be in the 80s then. That uh, they got I think this. it was either late 80s. No, I think it was early 90s. I think it was in the 90s, but it was so bad. Like, Captain America, his suit was made of rubber. But he had he had the the what do you call it the wings on his yeah, head on too his head. so it looked it looked but the weird thing and there was cutouts for his ears like he could you could see his actual human ears on the side of his costume and this guy <laughs> this whole t- this whole movie is so funny because he just goes around stealing people's cars and beating up like civilians Captain America yeah he's Why? a dick he's a jerk because he 
he needs a vehicle. He needs to go save the world. It's like, like, hold up, citizen. I need to borrow your car. And he just steals the guy's car. <laughs> he drives off. See you, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to watch that. <laughs> so that's <laughs> artists and entertainment. Um, Sony. Sony had Spider-Man. Um, and then they had Thor, Ghost Rider, Luke Cage, and Black Panther. No, but- I thought Sony had... So they first approached Sony... I think before they before those uh, other companies you just mentioned, they approached Sony to buy if they wanted to buy all those other characters like like you're saying Thor, Iron Man, and all these other characters. But Sony, in their arrogance, didn't think any of these would sell. But it makes sense at the time. Like these characters, like Iron Man, he was no one knew who Iron Man was. They weren't yeah. doing anything with him in the comics. Of course, Spider Man. They made a good choice with Spider Man. Because he is, or he was, and still is the world's most popular superhero. Who? Which one? Spider Man. Oh, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember they did have him for a while, dude. But Ooh. Sony, Thor? Sony had all of them. Yeah. Oh no, not all of them. They had um the ones I mentioned, but something so happened. Thor, Ghost Rider, Luke Cage, and Black Panther. Yeah. Uh. La, 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 la. Yeah, I don't remember, but. I forgot. If I could, if I remember, I'll follow it up again. But okay, um, Sony just took Spider Man and uh, made Spider Man movies, Lionsgate, Black Widow, Man Thing, and The Punisher, and then Universal Studios had Namor and Hulk. So, so how does it work, Kenny? So even though they have the IPs and rights, if they don't make a movie for it, it goes back to Marvel, right? Uh, in their contracts, some of their contracts are stated that way. The deals that they made. Okay. So, so for sure, Sony is like the, if they have to make a Spider-Man movie every five years, if they don't make a movie every five, if they don't make it within that time span. The rights revert back to, yeah. to Marvel. So that's why all these other ones like Nick Fury, Iron Man, um, Punisher, with all these other um, um, studios, they went back to Marvel. And Marvel could make movies from them because they didn't do anything with IPs. If that's that's correct, right? That's probably what happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's so what that's what I'm assuming happened. So, um, so this is this is pretty much the spread at the time where uh, what what Marvel sold to you know all these different studios, and then by um, 1997, uh, the character licensing and merger with Toy Biz helped Marvel come out of bankruptcy. They made a bunch of toys, and at this time, um, Marvel also decided to go into um, printing imprints. Wait, not imprints. Um, animated movies, there you go. I'm sorry. But then at the same time, they had those cards. So this is the, the glory, the, 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 the 90s X-Men, you know, that everyone knows. The <laughs> X-Men made Marvel popular, and they're back on the map, you know. And with this, Marvel became successful. Um they just, I think they started like focusing down on their comics. So this is when Astonishing X-Men came out in 2000s, I think, right? With yeah, the no, new- Ultimates. They focused on the Ultimates. That's when they, they launched. Oh, the Ultimates? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, but then I remember Astonishing X-Men came out too when uh, X-Men had a black and yellow suit to match the movies. Yep. yep. Yeah. And then uh, from there, you know, um, it was just a slow build to what they are now and they made movies starting from hulk 
the first one kind of failed with um, Eric Bana, um, where it was like a love movie, and then Edward Norton Hulk came out, still under the radar, but then Iron Man put him on the map, and then the rest is history. And then now we have this beast of a, of a giant Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're pretty much the staple um, formula for superhero movies, you know? In shared universes. And yeah, yeah, and they were the first ones to kind of invent that, right? No, no, they weren't. Who was the first to invent universes? Dude, like- all the old, uh, go- okay, Godzillas, all those Godzilla movies, they're all connected. Like, no, they oh, weren't, were they? Well, okay, so the very first example that I can think of right now is you go back to the old Universal Monster movies. We're talking black and white uh, from the 1940s. Oh, oh, yeah. Did they do crossovers in those movies? Yeah, they did. So they Werewolf did. met freaking... Man, well, uh, yeah, the Wolfman versus Dracula. The Frankenstein. Yeah, the mummy. Oh. Frankenstein's monster. Oh, man. It was all one universe, right. man. Everybody that's listening now, all our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I Okay, I remember like... um. The monster from the lagoon, those like those mm-hmm. super old monster movies, right? Mm-hmm. And what else? You said Godzilla. Yeah, I'd say Godzilla. Well, it's more like a one continuous story. Yeah, it's not really a shared universe. Like a, wait, were they movies though? Yeah, they're all movies. Most were so movies. That, makes, that make that counts. That makes sense. That um, mm-hmm. that was one shared universe. But I think in the modern era, Marvel was the first one to kind of revive that. I would say, right. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I would say Marvel has a, has cut a piece of that genre to themselves. So when you think about superhero movies, it's Marvel and then all these small indie studios that not indie studios, but like what other superhero movie can I can you think of? Probably like Hancock. Uh, Hancock Chronicle was really good. Do you remember that movie? Was that? Did you say that's a superhero movie? Yeah, it's definitely a superhero movie. Chronicle, you saw it, right? I haven't seen it. Ah, it's okay. It's with the... It's like Akira, though, right? Yeah, it's actually kind of like that. Yeah, it's like that. Because one of the people go ape shit or something. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but it's good. It's okay. really, definitely worth watching. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, now I feel like. What do you think about Marvel's uh, monopoly, per se, on superhero movies? I if you're a Marvel fan, that's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> but I mean, I do like Marvel. Don't get me wrong, but I do like so DC has some great stories too. I feel like the problem with the Marvel, the way they're doing it, is it creates a monop like when you were saying a monopoly. It almost creates an unfair. Uh, how do I say it? They've saturated the market to the point where it's very hard to see some of those other side characters from other comic book studios uh, really get a chance to go in the limelight. So I know like Image Comics is they're they're actually working on a Spawn reboot. So oh, that one's gonna be cool. I, I think that one's that, gonna be good. Yeah, so that should be good. Um, but see, the thing is, everyone's gonna be comparing it. That's the problem, though. Like c- certain characters, like Spawn. And some of the other, other darker superheroes, you would say, are like they're gonna try to put it into the formula that Marvel's doing. Either try to make it funny, yeah, they or make should it not do that. Yeah, they shouldn't do that. And 
And I feel like uh, because of what Marvel's doing, everyone wants to copy their formula, and it just doesn't work. But that's the thing. So I think when Joker comes out, that yeah. will be, uh, you know, we're, we're going to see if a different format works. Because I watched um, Brightburn, and that right. was pretty fun. That was a fun movie, but I think that could have been developed a little bit more to make uh, uh, um, to make it more impactful i guess um but there is room i feel like other than the marvel formula because marvel stays really close to pg pg 13 you know so if you go if you go into a rated r more like um psychological thriller or something you know i think there's room for those kind of superhero um storylines you know there's because there's a lot of comics that are pretty good you know i want to see a a uh, movie adaptation of Nemesis, you know that that would be a uh, cool movie. Good. It's like it pretty much, you, you guys should read it. It's like uh, No Country for is it No Country for Old Men? Is that the movie? Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. That, but a comic book version where you're following an anti-hero and all the crazy shit he's doing. And it's and that's actually, I hope they do that movie. I heard I thought they were gonna, but you know, for all the ups and downs that Marvel went through. I'm happy that they stuck around, you know, and they got to where they're at now because now we could see those um, characters we saw on TV and on comic books back in the day. For me, at least, I loved X-Men so much that I remember. Yeah, but they shafted them for a long time. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> but they shafted the X-Men for a while. Uh... So in the comics, when, when the movies were doing well, they're like, we're going to kill the X-Men. But... Yeah, I don't know why Marvel did that. They just try to boost in uh Inhumans and then Inhumans everyone's like, "What? These are just like X-Men." And now I don't know where the Inhumans are now. I think they're all dead or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> but now X-Men back home. And now that Sony lost Spider-Man, I mean, uh Marvel lost Spider-Man, I think they're going to really focus on bringing you know, bringing up X-Men and Fantastic Four. Dude, I knew it. I knew that, that. that. Okay, so that's why they gave J.J. Abrams that new Spider-Man comic and gave him a hook hand. It's a mess with Sony, man. <laughs> but that Spider-Man isn't 616, okay? <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right, guys. So, so yeah, that was um, our little piece for, um, um, what would it be? Deals in the entertainment industry. You know, we did Witcher mm-hmm. and Marvel. And we're going to try to bring... Um, we're trying to make our episodes like this, you know, um, make it more narrowed and focus on a specific topic. Um, so this episode was about um, these two uh, stories, Witcher and Marvel. And yeah, so uh, I think that's it, dude. Anything anything you want to add to this episode? Uh, no, just for those listeners out there, if you haven't submitted your raffle ticket, <laughs> please do. Yes, yes. Again... Uh, we're on every podcast provider, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Spotify, um, uh, Google, Podcast, uh, Pocket Cast. And again, if you message us on Twitter or Instagram, hold up AFK, um, or it could be hold up AFK or hold up AFK Podcast, or our email, I know for sure it's hold up AFK Podcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, just hit us up on there to be entered into the raffle. It'll be episode 25, so look out for that. And uh, we'll see you guys, or we'll talk to you guys next week. Okay.
Great. See you.